Hey there, hunters. You have found your way to another Zach and Beats podcast, where the name of the game is Coin Hunt World. We'll have, as usual, our discussion, news, and top-tier strategy talk. And this week is very special because as we are recording the beginning of this podcast, January is almost over, and the Chinese New Year event is right around the corner. And by the time you finish listening to this episode, we'll have recorded a follow-up to confirm the results of January and the start of the Chinese New Year event. That would be the last half of this show. So kind of a time warp for our listeners, right, Zach? Yeah, exactly. You know, and before we get to the Chinese New Year event, though, I want to actually just talk to you. It's looking like this month is going to end with you being the apex predator of January. You know, normally we would record this podcast tomorrow, but that would actually coincide with the start of the Chinese New Year event. So we're doing this a day early. Rather than prematurely declaring you the January winner beats, I thought we would just let the audience know that we're recording this and then we're going to come back and add more of the recording later and after the month is finished in case uh, you don't win. But, (laughs) But you can give us your last day strategy actually after it happens or if it happens to change. That's fair. Yeah. You know, since you've maintained the number one position throughout the month of January, for the most part, except for the first few days, I know some of the details behind what you've done, but I would venture to say most people don't know exactly what you've done or I guess all the dumps you've taken. So I I want our listeners (laughs) to... That's a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. I want all of our listeners to get a walkthrough of your month so far maybe from start to the 30th at 9 p.m. Central. <laughs> sure, sure. Yo, so I've had a lot of people, I guess, being being number one for the month has drawn a lot of attention because I get a lot of people who are now like DMing me and saying like, what, what is going on? Like, how do you do, how are you doing this? Um, so I've been promising every one of those people like, hey, listen to the, the podcast at the end of January and you will hear. Um, so yes, this is my opportunity to talk about this and, and how this goes. Um, so feel free to jump in Zach with questions and, and telling me to shut up. Cause this is something I've been excited to talk about for a while. Um, this goes, this starts back from, um, I'll say mid summer of last year of 2021, um, where I was competing. I, I didn't even really feel like I was competing, but I was competing like every month, like June, July, August, I was kind of very high on the leaderboards. And every month I was falling short of like globals or, you know, just very on the edge of globals. In August, I was third global for a while. And then I fell to fourth at the last second. And that was kind of the the wake up call I needed, I guess, to be like, you know, I'm up there. I'm really close with just my normal kind of hunting. If I just save up for a while, I could probably get there. I could probably you know, push the scales over to number one. So that's what kind of pushed me um, from from August on. I saved everything. Um, And so obviously I'm a daily hunter. I'm hunting at least, I would say at least four hours a day. That's probably a normal day. Um, So that's all that resin, all that paint from forever ago. I did dump some resin back in in the summer to just try competing back then. Um, But I saved everything from basically the elemental invasion on. Um, So having all that in mind. Yeah, go ahead. I won't. Everybody know though that also this is somebody who doesn't unnecessarily print cubies, and on top of that, this is someone who said he saved everything, so he hasn't used resin to print his cubies 
right. or first prints. He's so he's saved these blueprints, and also the resin he has has just been adding up and accruing over time. And uh, you'll have to inform everybody also if you've bought any too. But I just wanted to make that clear. I have definitely bought resin, and I would say you know as not not so much as the resin because I had I did throw some into the the yellow cranes. The cranes are in Philly, um, so a bunch of that, like over half a million, got spent on that throughout the summer. But the paint, like you said, I wasn't printing anything. The paint never went anywhere. So I've been racking up the paint for a long time. I, I showed in the Discord a while ago, I had 100,000 blue paint. Um, so that became kind of my ammo to make sure I always had things like yellow keys. Um, so anytime I, I knew I was going to need yellow keys for like the weekend, if I was going to take a drive to Philly or if I was going to go up to New York, I knew I need to sell a big batch of paint. At that moment, that's what I was doing. I was selling a big, big batch of paint because I had a few buyers that were definitely like, yep, I'll buy your paint. Um, so that's what I was doing to kind of keep myself in those higher tier keys. And then, as I've always done, I've, I've been able to keep up with blue keys pretty much um, throughout just how I, how I hunt. I, there's a lot of blue keys around me. Um, so... The big question I'm always asked is like, how are you staying number one? The the number one answer is the cranes. Um, if I want more leaderboard points than what I can get from normally hunting, I have to go dump resin somewhere. And we already filled uh, the two cranes in Philly. So the next closest ones were in New York. At the beginning of this month, I only knew that the Empire State Building was already filled and I knew that the Washington Square Park and Brooklyn Bridge were not filled. I didn't know how much was in either one. And I'll say, too, at the end of December, I was 12th global. And I thought, I, I didn't even try to get here. I didn't even try to get to 12th global. So maybe, maybe right before New Year's, I'll drive up to New York and fill everything I possibly can, having oh, somewhere over a million resin. Um, and, and that kind of fell through. My wife at the, at the, at the time was like, um, I don't want you driving up there like the night before New Year's and blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, I felt tired and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to risk it. Um, the other part of that was that I had not done things like driven to Philly and hit the yellow vaults. I wasn't like really pushing it. Um, so I, I didn't want to kind of shoot my shot and not get there. So that did hold me back from December. Now, did you think at all about just throwing down a print to try to see if how far that would jump you up the leaderboard in December? No, I, I figured if I was going to do it, I would have to do everything. So I, I was like, I would have to print everything. I would have to spend all the resin. I did. I know that at the top of the leaderboards, as soon as you go from, you know, if you, if you're 50th global, you can get to 49th global through maybe an afternoon of hunting. But if you're fourth global, you're going to have to do like a lot to get the third global. Like the, the, the number. But you said that you were 12th, right? I was 12th. I didn't think because I, like I said, I wasn't really going for it. I wasn't doing everything I possibly could. I was just normally hunting and chasing down those epic trees. So I was running over to our, our West Reading loop that I normally don't go hit twice a day. I was running over and hitting that. And I think just that was helping me keep up with a lot of people. So, yeah. And, and, and again, the Tories were happening at the very beginning of December. So I was hitting a bunch of those. Those were basically free, you know, half, 
half leaderboard points, I guess you would you would get from those. Uh, but I hit a bunch of those. So yeah, I was surprised I was in 12th in December, but I ended up saving it. So that turned into, do I just save it from here on out? And here's the next part of this puzzle is a guy or a person named Brooklyn 023 I see on the New York. Um, I, I keep I keep wanting to say subreddit because I'm so so redditor, um, but it's the the New York um, sub channel, and he he starts this thing like um, hashtag fill the New York cranes, like let's go let's go New York let's fill the cranes, and I immediately think that's my only way of like really boosting myself, and I was like this is it that January has to be the month then I have to beat everybody in new york to get up there and fill all all of what's up there so that's where it started january 1st i I was like let's go i went to philly and filled and uh hit the the two yellow vaults down there first and then fill the new york crane so then yeah drove up to new york january 2nd so this was a sunday it's the day after um, a holiday and it was just perfect. I drove up, I started driving at like four o'clock in the morning, got there at like six 30, got to the Brooklyn bridge. It's this beautiful little site. Um, you know, run out there cause I'm freaking out. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know the place it's the Brooklyn bridge. I'm like, it's all, it's all new to me. I'd never been there before. Run out there, fill up the whole crane. Um, so that actually took 70 pucks. Um, so I filled that up and I was feeling good about that. And I noticed I will say this. I noticed I, I filled up two whole rows, so 20 pucks I threw in, and then I stopped, and I went back out to the leaderboards, and I noticed I was still 10th global. So wow. ten, nine, nine other people had at least at least printed two epics, is what I'm guessing from that, because two rows of a crane would be two reds, and so I'm thinking you would have to, you would have to print two epics. Am I right with that? Printing an epic uh, is like a red key. As far as what we know, I think that would be accurate. Yeah, ten pucks right. would be one epic, as far as we know. So I stopped at two rows, saw that I was still tenth, and then threw in I don't know, like like maybe two more rows, three more rows, and then saw that I was first, and then just kept throwing them in. And you know, I was maybe like you know three more rows in, and then I was like, all right, I'm good, I'm first. Ran over to Washington Square Park, hit that one. There was only 13 pucks left to put in that one. Put them in. Um, so then I'm at 83 pucks. And then ran up, hit the Empire State Building, which was my first time at that one. So got the Art Deco question, popped it up, got the 10 bucks, and was out of there. I turned around and drove right back home. Um, so that was the beginning of being number one. Um, and, and then from there on out, it was basically every weekend, go to Philly, hit the two yellow vaults. Um, you know, try to perfect them, try to get whatever I can. Philly is terrible for hunting just because I guess it's my phone. I don't know. Um, but like every block, you basically have one shot at everything because my, my QB just kind of stands still and then jets across to the next intersection. Um, <laughs> so you get like one key per block, something like that. You know, you're like tall a, buildings there. Yes. All yeah. super buildings. So, you know, yeah, I think get, that might affect the GPS and like the it, signal bouncing off the buildings. And and my buddy Alriad in Philly, he's like, nah, it's cool. Like if you're walking or whatever, like I'm like, no, nah, I'm never walking in Philly. Like I don't get out of the car if I can help it. Yeah. So, um, so no, I I I don't get out of the car and I, I race around down there and I try to get what I can. Um, so that was how I stayed in the lead for a while. And to kind of cap things off, um, I, I reached out to I, I started 
poking around in the New York um, channel there, and somebody said, um, oh, cool, because I, I reached out to, to New York, and I said, hey, buy me a beer, New York. I filled your, your two cranes, and thinking, that's it. And somebody says, oh, did you fill the Central Park crane? And I'm like, what? Like, There's been debate about that, and somebody had sent out screenshots saying, nope, look, look here. There's just like a green vault. There's just a print shop, which there is. There's just a green vault in the print shop. But at like 70th street somebody said like yep there's a there's a crane every time i drop my daughter off for school or whatever it's there um so based on that intel and not even ever getting a screenshot or anything um i asked k hag at some point like hey man can you just run up with me and and we'll go do this real quick um and it kind of enticed him with like hey you get you're gonna get all these yellow vaults and he was like yep let's go so we took that trip up uh it was the middle of january like a sunday so hit all three of those um, those yellow vaults that were now active. Um, so I hit the Brooklyn Bridge and Washington Square Park, which now had their you know their guaranteed answer, and then happened to perfect the Empire State Building when I got a new question on it, uh, which was "Dance to the Music" is written by uh, Sly and the Family Stone. And then we did all that, and then we went to the Central Park and just started driving around. And K Hag was like, "Oh, check over here, check over there, because we want to see if." There was, a, 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 there was supposed to be two cranes in Central Park. So we took this little like kind of drive through the park and didn't see anything and turned around and came back. And then we were kind of driving, almost like kind of driving back. Uh, but the second crane location did have the crane at it. And we didn't know how much was in it, but we jumped out. We ran over there and it had um, 11 pucks in it. So I filled that sucker up 89 pucks later. Um, so that, if you're adding, is 1.72 million resin. Wow. And yeah, so that that's just at, in cranes. So um, to recap, you would drive to Philly and New York weekly, hit the yellow vaults, and now we have 1.7 million resin that you've dumped so far. And the New York trips were only twice. It was it was uh, the second, so I, I filled up those two cranes, and then I came back two weeks later, hit those two cranes for their their guaranteed answers, and then filled up the other crane that we were hoping was there, and indeed was there. And then of course, if you find a dozer when you're driving around, you hit those two. So I counted up right before we were talking, fifteen dozers I filled up from zero, and I'm counting kind of like there's a couple that, that were halves. So I'm merging those together and saying, like, you know, if there were two that were halves, got to say what. So 15 dozers, including six that I filled this morning in Philly. So shout out to um, uh, Hunter One Piece in Philly, who has perfect timing on his dozers, because I filled every one of your dozers this morning. So that's uh, another 150,000. Yep, yep. Yeah, so um, getting yeah. close to 2 million this month. That's insane. That's yeah, really close. And then plus hitting all the yellows. So I'm, I'm looking at leaderboard points from yellows being around, I don't know, I, I would say f 14 yellows that I hit. And I don't know, maybe two or three perfect, two good. I don't know. It's a couple of greats somewhere in there. So that's all the, the resin dumping and the, the yellow vault hitting. Um, and then... We're not done. We can go to the printing. So some of you might have noticed in the beginning, I started changing. I'm always a pirate, but I started changing up my, my QBs. 
Um, I just started printing off everything I had. So I have I had a bunch of commons. I started printing off the construction QB, the New Year's QB, the turkey QB, the air QB. I printed off the foreman right away because I wanted to start selling foreman because they are a hot item. I have the foreman BP and it is a hot item. So I can I can sell one, you know, one every couple of days and get something like almost two yellow keys for it. So now, that's you, what I've been doing. Did you buy that off the auction house? Yeah, I got it from Jaya. Oh, nice. Uh, back in, uh, I don't know if this is a funny story or not, but back in August, I won the, I got two red keys. I, and immediately spent those two red keys because Jaya put her Foreman blueprint up for like two and, uh, you know, change. So I ended up getting it. Was that before or after Manel listed his? That was before, right? That was before. So, okay. yeah, Jaya listed hers for like two something. And then after that, Manel listed his for like five something. And that was when J.R. Nightingale won first place. And he ended up spending his whole five keys on the, the foreman. So I felt like I got a great deal spending only two red keys for the exact same thing. Yeah, and Manel listed his, I think, at the time. He thought it was like a joke. Nobody's going to buy this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And just at the last second, I think Jr. got the five red keys from the last the the month that he won, and he, yeah. he grabbed it. Yeah. I mean, it was probably a really good investment, to be honest. Like, uh, blue paint is the most prevalent in the game, um, yep. and then now you look at it as if the game grows, then there's only thirty of those, and so it's pretty a pretty scarce QB if you uh, consider that. Um, they're not going to be a lot of people printing it. It's probably going to be worth a lot. And it takes the most common paint. So it was probably a good investment. Obviously, you got a better price. I didn't realize that you are actually had one since you uh, just had that hodl stance for all your blueprints for so long. And you called me a long-term planner before. Outside of saving for the legendary, I would say I have done exactly the opposite of that. Every single month when a blueprint would come out, I would uh, just print it. And so that has basically led me to never place March of last year. And uh, I probably won't for a long time or if ever again. But yeah, your strategy is very, very determined and... I think it goes without saying that you are actually the person with the long-term strategy, not me. Well, it's all kind of like predicated on taking a, a one big strike on a month because after this month, I don't really have a lot left. I ended up printing like every rare uh, blueprint that I have. So I printed the foreman, I printed the mummy, uh, I printed the earth, the water, the, I got the suku and printed it. I ended up printing my Veriblock, I printed the ice. Um, I had the UK, I printed that too. So every single one of those is a rare and that's like eight rares that I've printed up till today. And I've got some epics in, in the back pocket. I'm kind of sitting here like, I don't think anybody can catch me as we're talking and there's less than 24 hours left, but I, I'm, you know, I'm never going to put it over on anybody to, to be like, oh, they, there's no way they can catch me because I guarantee somebody can catch me somehow, some way. Hey, we've got 21 hours left. I would speculate that there's a very slim chance anybody catches you, but I guess that would lead to um, something that we've both noticed. Uh, Lion Locks has been basically number two almost as long as you've been number one this month. Right. And I noticed, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before, that he passed me, which, it, by the way, guys, it's, it's no big feat if you pass me because everybody in the dog's passing me. <laughs> But I noticed that uh, Lionlocks passed me a couple days ago 
on the global all-time leaderboard. But then he also passed Makiki Tiki. Did I say that right? right? So, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so it looks like, you know, he's doing his very best, as far as we can tell, to catch you. We don't know if he's going to, but think about it. I don't know where he lives. I can't recall. But it's like Ontario somewhere. Yeah, he, unless he's got like 10 people destroying their user vaults and rebuilding them, then there's no way, as far as I can see, that he can catch you because there's a limited number of first prints he can do, and he's not going to have all his blueprints, and he's going to be uh, limited by the number of keys he has. Of course, we don't know how much resin he had when the month started, but again, there's no crane up there, I think, to fill. So right. we are down to he would have to be using user vaults and knowing how much resin you dumped. I want to say you're safe, but at the same time, I'm not going to say you're safe because then it'll be like, oh, thanks, right. Zach, if you came in second. Well, and I feel the exact same way. Like, the, so now the pull is do I try to save everything else that I have and try to, like, pull a couple more keys out of a leaderboard push, like, next month or the month that, you know, whatever, it's like later. Um, or do I absolutely positively secure myself for this month? And I'm leaning towards that second thing just because the risk gain kind of ratio there, you know, I do not want to lose first place at this point. So I'm looking at probably printing at least one thing. Yeah, I'll probably do that. And so uh, everything that I've listed there is on top of what I would call normal hunting, which is something like at least 100 blue vaults a day and 10 to 15 green vaults a day. That's on top of all those things. So, yeah. That's a lot of green vaults daily. Yep. I've got a, a route that takes me past pretty much 14 green vaults, I think I count. So that's what I do. And like I've mentioned before, that's pretty much the bulk of my hunting is I do my loop uh, or me and K-Hag's loop around what I call the target loop in Exeter. And then I do the West Reading loop, which is a couple, you know, maybe 20 some user vaults over there. And everything else is gathering keys to hit green vaults. So I, I live and die on that, those trivia questions. If you're hitting 100 user vaults, blue user vaults a day, you're probably going to get three green keys out of that. Easily, easily. Let's, let's say it's four, or no, let's even say it's five. So you still got to come up with five to ten green keys a day Yep. to, to hit those. And that's assuming yep. you're getting them all right. So right. that leads me to a second question that is kind of like a not really related to your leaderboard push. Where do you get all these green keys beats? So uh, I think of each of the, the spots that I go to as like little pockets. So like I've mentioned before, I, I my job involves going from place to place around my community. So there are times when, hey, I don't have time to do like a two hour hunt, but I do have time to do this five minute little spot here where I pick up five keys. Or if I can actually just do my run, I'm picking up 10 keys, hitting a green vault, picking up 10 keys, hitting a green vault pretty much works out like that for most of the time. So between, you know, if I had a bunch of user vaults, one will give me a green probably, and boom, I'm right back in it. I forage greens all the time. I know that there's a huge contingency of people who say never forage your greens, never forage your blues because they're so valuable. I forage up the green all the time. So yeah, it does hurt me a lot when I get a green wrong, but that's the name of the game. I, I go for it. That's, yeah. that's where I live and die. That's very interesting. I think it would be detrimental to me in my current position for a couple of reasons. One of them being that I'll miss more than you do. <laughs> and then the second reason I, I use greens to 
buy resources right now. So, but that is a very aggressive strategy, both in obtaining crypto and obtaining leaderboard points. I, I think because of that, that's what's probably held you so high on the leaderboard for so long, despite not printing anything. Yeah. I mean, you obviously dumped a ton of resin, uh, but I guess it led me to thinking next that I'm not extremely surprised that you're number two all time. You're surprised because you think I would be hot. I mean, the only person higher is Block Boy, so I, I would never think. I'm not surprised you're number two is what I'm oh, saying. Oh, not surprised. Okay, not surprised. Because if you get 15 a day and you're hitting 100 blues, that's 250 leaderboard points to 300. Ish. Give or take 50, 75. But that's, a, you know, that's a lot. Right, right. So it would be extremely interesting to me, obviously, to see where everybody is. You know, like uh, we were talking in the last podcast about visibility of the leaderboards. I, what I'm trying to say is like what I'm trying, what I'm really trying to say is I want to see how far behind Blockport you are. <laughs> <laughs> I am 100% positive he has probably, I'm going to say doubled, if not triple mind because like like we were talking about the higher up on those leaderboards that you are and especially on the all-time boards the bigger of the gulf between you know first and second second and third the guy has obviously he's started before me he's been hunting la since before me he has filled how many cranes in la and went to hawaii and went to london to me, there's no ambition in I'm going to overtake block boy. I don't think that's going to happen. I know that there's there's a, a small part of people who are like, yeah, you know, you always have that winner mentality, but I'm totally fine being number two. It, it's cool. And, you know, I already fell to whatever sixth I was before. It, it'll happen. I'm going to probably fall at some point here and there. I, I probably won't be able to keep this up forever. This is kind of a game of um, almost a game of luxury. Like if, you're, if your life is stable, then you can keep this up. But if anything goes wrong, you kind of got to take a, a break from this and, you know, kind of figure out your life from here on out. So, yeah, for I, sure. I'm, I'm hoping this continues because, hey, everything's going great right now. But who knows? Something could happen tomorrow. So, right. Anything, anything. You lose your job, your car break down, you get a divorce. Yeah. Life, right? I mean, All sorts of stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, it's almost like two through ten play like musical chairs almost. But Blockboy right. just stays number one. Well, and he's did the you know the all gas no brakes thing for so long that that's how you get there, right? You just spend everything every time you have like hunting down to no keys. So yeah, that's how you just stay number one. I'm interested to see as time goes on who is going to vault past me or you or you know who's going to keep filling in that spot because that all time board has slowly changed over time. It'll be interesting to see like who who's the new up and comer who is in the Discord right now saying, "Hey, uh, you know, hey guys, I'm brand new." And then this summer is killing one of us, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I have a feeling I'll find myself um, in the high teens by the end of the year, or maybe even the low twenties. I don't think the it's any big effort to pass me i say that but then i guess i do have like the two purple coming up which will probably temporarily propel me up past a couple people right anyways and then right when that happens then it moves into 
when will you get your second print and printing that off and then maybe selling that to somebody. And I know Killing Demon was, was very enthusiastic about me doing that. And I think I have zero chance at, at having the most keys out of so many other people. So I think though, if you do sell it, you will be back in business with being able to kind of buy whatever you want and getting all your stuff back. So I hope that happens. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of stuff back, but yeah, I'm, I'm, some stuff I don't know if I'm ever going to get back like JR. Nightingale has a Fire Dragon blueprint now, and I, I don't see myself ever getting one of those back. Um, no? Any of the Season 1 epics, I would love to snag if I get keys back from a second legendary print. And you're talking about blueprints, right? Yeah, any of those blueprints I would love to have back. Well, I didn't have them all, but I would love to snag any one of them, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But like you alluded to, that second print is so far away i can see the first one now it's obviously going to happen next month pending some catastrophe with me but the 100 cocktails is such a barrier i think unless they're dropping in multiple quantities in the next hawaii event that's going to be hard for me to get a 100 again because i think out of all the resources that i've bought i by far spent the most on the cocktails it'll be interesting i mean and then it'll also be interesting to see like how it how they're generated from the structures or if it's like random like if you insert a yellow key or a green key you have x percentage to get a random epic resource you don't have any choice what it is we like we don't actually know what it's going to be like on any level if it's random then you know it'll probably take a while but it'll be interesting and i'm going to need incentive to sell one too because if i'm not going to get keys out of it that i put into it then why would i want the rarity of the blueprint I have to become less rare by printing QBs, if you will. I guess I... You would have to have a buyer, like somebody who's like, yo, I've got X amount of keys, I will buy this, and then you go with it from there, because there's no way you're putting that up for like 20 keys to run up the hot list. I guess I could do that. I think that there's a lot of people that would probably sell everything they have to get it, but at the same time, I think the people with the most keys are after one thing and one thing only, and that would be the second legendary blueprint. So, well, keep the choices. Right, yeah, yeah. Knowing that, I don't know like what it would go for, considering that those people with the most keys are saving for a shot at the second legendary blueprint but again like if i've spent six seven red keys to obtain the resources and i'm gonna get five red keys out of it i, I don't want to sell one sorry guys i think the uh desire around it will definitely depend on passive passive exactly obviously you took a hit like you you wanted to, to help out the community and let everybody know but there's one thing about this legendary that nobody still knows and that's what the passive is and that's what you could still just not tell anybody and then just put up a QB at some point and I think the intrigue would drive people nuts I think you should just tell me what the passive is and then let everybody else go nuts for it just tell you and, and see if see uh, how long it takes for it to leak out <laughs> <laughs> funny yes. how, long, how long can beats stay quiet buy my one resin for how many keys and i will tell you there you go <laughs> bribe people oh, that's funny that's not a horrible idea i could sell this information like i said i, I think if you were selling a legendary qb and still no one knew what the passive was I, I think you would get far more money out of it. I mean, oh, not money. You'd get far more keys out of it because that mystery is going to drive that, 
that price, that price discovery kind of thing. People are going to want to know. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting because you know I, I plan on recording the print so people can at least see it printed and. I have envisioned in my head that like you'd be able to see the passive like written out in text, but I don't think that's what it is. Yeah, no. I don't think it will. Right. I think it's like this passive that just occurs when you go hunt. That's going to be crazy. What if it's like hard to tell? And you're like, what is it? You don't even know for a while. Well, uh, Illusion Weaver said something like, oh, you'll know. Uh, okay. So I don't know. I mean. Oh, man. Exactly. That, that to me, limits what it could be. Um, like, I don't think it's leaderboard points because those aren't visible. Um, it could be crypto because you'd be able to see the big jump in, in what you got. It could be resources because, again, you'd be able to see the difference. You know, it could be like something as simple as like taking away the timer to where if you get it right, you always get a perfect. So I guess that would indirectly lead to leaderboard points, too. Um, so, you know, like there's a lot of things I can think of that you would be able to visually see the difference of. But those are the only ones that come right away to my mind. But interesting. So you're going to need some scales. And one of the things that was brought up, and this maybe is a good segue to the Chinese New Year event that there's been a bunch of leaks recently that have talked about that the big reward if you finish the, the quest line is that you'll get five, I'll say it, big tickler boxes, five reward, five big tickler reward boxes that contain a stack of random epic resources. I don't know what, what the stack means, if that means a hundred or a thousand or five or whatever. I'm almost as high about that as I am about the the first five of, of every country getting the the exclusive nft yeah I'm not a big race guy yeah I mean illusion Weaver clearly heard the outcry if you will I mean I didn't hate the paint reward at all I mean I, I didn't love it in the sense that like I probably could have bought all that paint for much less than a red or half of a red but at the same time he heard the outcry obviously because now we're getting these epic resources in stacks we don't still know what a stack means and then obviously again everybody that's listening is going to know this but the first five people from each country to finish the quest are going to get that nft so that's exciting so, but then with the, the you finished the Christmas event and you spent that red key, you're we're hearing that you get a gingerbread house now if you, I guess, upgrade to level five. Oh, so, right. Yes. That's something. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So that's a, another bonus, right? I guess. I mean, finishing I know. Finishing the quest line. Right. Retroactively getting the Christmas one. If Right. So you're getting two. And then we, we talked last week. I think I mentioned something. But that's about, one like, of those people who spent that red key. Yes. Well, now you have to spend another red key. So right, it's going to be two red keys for, for two uh, house upgrades, so to speak, which we said last time was something about like if you were at somebody's house, but it sounds like much more like you're, you're just going to click on their, their name on the leaderboard and you can possibly see their, their headquarters. So. Yeah. Or like maybe it would show your QB walking into their house, <laughs> which is wild to me, but okay. It makes me think like I, there should be an option to like lock your door. <laughs> yeah, let's take that too. Hey, dude, you're not allowed in my house. I already uh, want. I want to set like a passcode. Like, yeah, I'll give you the passcode, and you can come in my house. But wouldn't it be weird here. to just like open up the game and see random people in your house? That'd be so freaky, right? Yeah, almost like it is the metaverse. <laughs> um. So, other parts of this that that were mentioned were things like that. Every time you use one of those keys, the green, yellow, and red, you will get the leaderboard points, which I'm pretty sure was already the thing with Christmas. Because I know when I put my red key in, 
um, for the Christmas event, I shot way up. And I think that's how I got to, to the, the 12th global. So um, mm-hmm. I think that was already a thing. I didn't know that, but obviously I do now. And I also think that the the blueprint reward for the HQ, I think it's going to, you know, bring up the ante on the number of people or increase the number of people that actually participate in the quest line. Wouldn't you think? Absolutely. I think if people knew that uh, beforehand, there probably would have been a few more people that would have spent that red key. Right. Even though it seems to just be a cosmetic thing. Um, but I'm interested too in that the fact that I guess all of us that have already have been playing are already at a level four headquarters is what I'm hearing. And mm-hmm. that we'll have to upgrade to a level five. What do you think is the difference? What are you, you going to have to do to be level five? I don't know. I'm going to guess it's a whole bunch of resin and a whole bunch of paint. But that's just a guess. It could be anything. But I will say that uh, it sounded like it's going to be a hefty amount of whatever it is. I don't remember the exact comment, but Illusion Waiver said something like it's going to require a lot to upgrade from four to five. And then this, and then this isn't even the tribe headquarters, as far as I can tell. So this is something completely different. So if this happens to take the same resources as it takes to build the tribe headquarters, watch out. Because if you're trying to do one or the other, who knows when these things are dropping. Yeah, I, I imagine and if I'm going to take my time probably upgrading it because the only other incentive is that you can remotely pick up your uh, mystery box. But I'm working from home, so I can pick up my mystery box nice. whenever I want. I know there are a lot of other people, though, that are like destroying their headquarters and then driving to work and putting Crazy. it back up. Yeah, so I actually I think Rudy does that because uh, he works 12-hour shifts. And so oh, this is good. definitely going to be something like somebody in that position would want to upgrade their headquarters as fast as possible because it's going to be uh, something that's going to be key positive eventually for them. I don't think that's worth it. If you're only getting one more mystery box by destroying your headquarters, then you're only breaking even if you get the green key, right? So what's the point of that? Well, you're right, but I don't think that's the point of destroying it. I think I don't think it's, it's a daily thing. for. Yeah, exactly. I think like if he's bidding on something that he wants or trying to, I don't know, you know, get keys back from a sale or at sale. I, I don't know. But I imagine it's just wanting to bid on something that he's trying to win and get the best price at the same time. Minus a green key, obviously, or two. I just don't go that hard in the auction house that I, I care that much. There's never been anything that I'm like, I gotta be on top of this sale. I'm always just like, oh, you know, if it if it gets outbid, I, I get outbid. So what? Yeah. So um, I've never moved my headquarters for any reason. So. Apparently, you're still getting some steals. So, uh, here and there, I did well, buy my off like fifty of those, and then you can sell it to me. Fifty of what? <laughs> the uh, foreman. Uh, but... Well, I sold a lot of blue paint, so I can't sell you that many, but I can sell a couple. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> As you were talking, I was like, "Oh, I totally have something to say." And then, no, I, actually, I got a, a notification. I just sold a Suku QB sixty-seven. There so you go. How much paint does that take? Do you think you're yielding keys from printing that? I don't know. I mean, again, I'm going off of paint that's been stored up forever, so I kind of even don't count it. It seems like you're really dirty selling cubies. A thousand. So this is the thing, right? So I don't normally do any of that, but saving it up for so long, I've been able to basically use that as my, my key forge, my key bank throughout this whole time so hey i need yellows to hit these yellow vaults or i need a stack of greens at some point 
you know, I just put stuff up and I'm hoping that, you know, you end up with eight, nine greens. A couple of times I got like nine greens out of a couple of sales. That was awesome. And, and that's what it's for. I don't really try to do any of this up this stuff otherwise because like i said before it's an irreversible decision once you sell the paint or the qb or whatever it's gone so i'm trying as much as possible to just do those things when it really counts where all right you can get some some red keys out of this that was the idea yeah i do feel dirty Oh yeah, we went we went off on all that stuff. That's good though. We uh, I, I threw in a little off-topic thing here just because this keeps coming up with me. We're doing a lot of driving when we play this game, at least for now. Um, and I'm, I wanted to ask you, Zach. This isn't like a, a traffic school way of asking you this, but when you get to a four-way stop uh, at the same time as another driver, what do you do? I typically let try to let them go in the sense that like if I have any thought in my head that I might be distracted, I want to let the other person go. But I typically do that anyways. Um, and I guess I wouldn't always, like if I'm in a real big hurry. But it's it's hard for me to think that, you know, usually I think somebody stops before the other person. But I, I feel like most of the time, if, if I'm the same time as somebody, uh, more often than not, that person wants to go first. So I, I feel like this happens a lot to me. I don't know if it's just my area or what, but there's always it's always happening that I'm pulling up to a stop sign right as the other person is pulling up. And then I, I just like you, I will do the, hey, you go. Like, you go ahead. And for some reason, the other driver will always insist that I go. And so I'll do my little motion first, like the little, you know, the hand wave, you go. And then they go, no, 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 you go. And it turns into like this pissing contest of politeness. Like you go first. No, you go first. And I, I'm guessing that I I probably lose that contest all the time because I say you go first, and then they go no you, and then I just go. But any other time, it seems like if they say you go first, and I go no you go first, they go no 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 you go first. So it's like this. Like no matter what, I end up going. But I feel like I'm losing some kind of battle there. So I, I don't know if it's if it's just a PA thing or what, but. No, I've definitely had that occur, but I think it's more often than not, if I get there first, when that happens, if I clearly get there first, then, then I'll wave to the person. And sometimes they're like, no, no, you were here first, go. But no, no, you go. And then I'm in the same spot. Right. And described. you know, there's all the, those little tricks where like you, you know, you know, you don't want to end up at the same time. So you hang on to your break before, you know, at the last second, or you <laughs> hurry up and you break really fast and you make sure you're stopped while their wheels are still turning like that kind of thing. And I'm, I'm really talking about those moments where like, they just seem to want to get into that, 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 uh, you know, that will lock horns with you. So yeah. it seems to be happening a lot. I'm probably just hunting too much while driving. So I should stop that. Yeah. I, something that's not in here. That is, Oh my God, my dogs. Oh, those stupid dogs. No, I'm just kidding. I love dogs. We don't know how walking for keys is going to work, but I was told by somebody, I don't, in case we don't get it, or this doesn't come out the way that we think it will, I don't want to name the person, but that they think that, uh, like, the park walking will be for, like, quests or uh, missions or something like that, and that you'll still get keys for walking in other places. I don't know that for sure. I'm, I was just mentioning that because I had thought, based off of all of the chat that I saw, Illusion Weaver put in the Discord that it seemed like walking and getting keys was going to be limited to parks. But You're right. I've seen that come from Illusion Weaver, and I've heard Cuckoo Puff say something like, you'll also get keys while driving. It'll just be about the same amount as walking, so you don't get like a bonus. 
So, I, yeah, there's a little bit of contradiction there. I'm not 100% sure how it works. It sounds like it's still not like, you know, tomorrow kind of thing. So, right. Like, like I've been doing, like, I'm kind of like, hey, as long as it's the way it is, I'm going to, you know, reap the benefits as much as possible. So, hence my, my leaderboard push now with the way things are. Yeah. I would like to them to give, potentially give leaderboard points for the walking in the park piece. But, Ooh, okay. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen either, but. I just like that's kind of harder to fake, you know, like to take your car in the middle of a park path would probably be difficult. Right. <laughs> you could take some motor vehicle if you wanted, but a lot of times those are like uh, banned or, or, you know, prohibited in the area. I mean, you could drive your car anywhere once. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's do some suggestions. All right. I will. Uh, all right. We got three. The first one is from Goodbye Ren. Like the bird, goodbye, Ren. Uh, suggestion 1040. Uh, during happy hour, a boosted green key might appear at a random location, which you search for, like a like a buddy quest radar blip. I put this one in here because this was kind of just said at first in I want to say in the, in either the beginner chat or hunters hangout. And Illusion Weaver commented on it and said, "But what if only the first hunter there found it?" So I thought, huh, that's a little a little twist that makes it more like player versus player, which this game really isn't. Bringing you back to some OG days for a week or so, it was really early. All keys, all key booths were like shareable, meaning yeah. like <laughs> if you picked it up, nobody else could until it reset. That was during oh, a man. yeah, that was during a time where like nobody I knew was playing in Kansas City, so it didn't affect me, but Right. Seeing like the LA and Toronto players being like, oh, I hate this change. It's kind of, you know, funny to eat popcorn and, and, and listen and watch. <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't affect me, suckers. Yeah, exactly. I guess I better not get any referrals. But, anyways, I like the idea, especially the way Illusion Weaver put it, because that would mean it's not a huge payout for them. It'd be like if they did that and then they did it for everybody, it would be like just an airdrop every day during happy hour in addition to what already happy hour is. So, but if they did it and it was limited to the first person who got there, I think that that would obviously uh, limit the amount of crypto they actually have to pay out for that cool functionality during happy hour and also get people out during happy hour, which again, back to what I always go back to, like tell, you know, some advertisers, look, if we, you want to show, we, if we want to show you how we can make people move and do something, look at what we do during our happy hour. So we could put something in happy hour and advertise it for you, and all these people would touch it or see it. So I think that uh, it could be incentive for advertisers to, I, you know, I'm just talking, but not really knowing anything like I normally do. <laughs> think of like Sherman, Sherman Williams. Yeah. They yeah. would advertise during the happy hour like, hey, more paint. That's funny. Yeah, come here. Remember when things. you were talking about OG days? Remember when keys were 24 hours from when you got them? Yeah, I do. I think I liked that more. You, uh, I hated it because you would follow a route, and like if you were too fast, like from last, from yesterday, you would kind of have to wait and wait for the key to come back up and then get it and keep moving. You can't, you couldn't do reset key runs then. So, right. I, I did not. Like that. I didn't mean I liked it from. It was better for me, but I just felt like it affected everybody else more than it affected me. So it was kind of like a benefit uh, okay. for me because it hurt everybody else more than it hurt me. 
Um, gotcha. So gotcha. that's, I guess, kind of selfish. But, you know, when you're competing and stuff. Yeah, it's funny. There's a very slim group of people who compete, so to speak, in this game. And pretty much everything else is... Uh, is cooperative. I mean, so sort of, you would think, you know, filling the cranes and even filling dozers for each other. That's all cooperative. Right. There was a day too. I don't know if you remember when, maybe it was a day. Yeah. It was like one day where keys were coming back like ultra fast. I don't know if you were around. I mean, you were around, but I don't know if you were like hunting that day when it was like, you would get a key and then like five or 10 minutes later, it would come back. I wish I were around hunting during that time, but I wasn't. <laughs> I do remember like a couple times where keys reset, like in the middle of the day, and that was nice. But aside from that, no, I would, didn't benefit from that. Yeah, it was a pretty nice day. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't happen anymore. Absalom. Absalom's suggestion. What's up, Absalom? Your idea is that for next Halloween, how about a zombie randomizer blueprint that you would print a collection of zombies in various states of disease and decay or a different number of limbs? And then be able to combine them, like the cats, to create a lich QB blueprint. I, I like this idea. I do, too. I think it is a lot more creative than the cat blueprint idea, too. I think a lot of people will say, yeah, but cats. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like the randomized limb parts <laughs> piece to it. I don't know. It, kind of, it almost makes, like, each one. I don't know. I don't know if it would be like a snowflake where none of them are the same. <laughs> but that it, would be crazy. It, it seems cool either way. Yeah. I mean, they would have limbs coming out everywhere if that were true. So that would probably get ugly fast. Yeah. I like the idea anyways. I do like that. It, it would follow that same mechanic of, you know, you get a, you get a collection of them and then you kind of have to maybe in some way burn them all to get the, the Lich QB blueprint. So I do love that because I, I think that's where we're headed, where everybody who has collected one of something is going to end up consuming it in some way. Like we've talked about the QBs. I've, I've seen this QB leaderboard that I think is, there's going to be QBs that end up getting eaten up by structures because, hey, it works way better to use this QB than that QB. And you're going to need a, a whole nother one of those, you know, snowmen or whatever it is to, to re-staff re, uh, your, your inventory. Right. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, suggestion. Oh yeah. So Absalom, your suggestion was 1046 and then Care Bear, Care Bear 2614. Your suggestion was 1044. My suggestion is a larger print option for visually impaired individuals. When you use a, a phone's zoom feature, you can only see a fragment, sometimes just one word of the question. It would be awesome to just be able to scroll down. And I know this has been brought up before about things like um, uh, the questions that are most wrong or have been were gotten most wrong were maybe because the answers look similar. I don't know if that you think that's gotten you at all. I think it gets me every once in a while. Yeah, it definitely gets me every once in a while. Especially the difference between like uh, a six and an eight. Those that's are, exactly those are, what I was thinking. Those are tough. Yeah. And those were put in there a lot. Like the 1976, 1978, when everything is the same except for that last character and you're trying to answer <laughs> it as fast as possible, then yeah. yeah, I, You know, I, I don't know, though. I mean, I'm not definitely not against anything to help visually impaired or dyslexic people or anything like that. But I think it feels to me like we're pretty far off from making changes like this to take development time yeah. to help visually impaired people. Uh, we're... we're 
it seems like we're so early, we're not quite yet making changes like that. And this was partially brought up when the timer was introduced. And I know a lot of people were bringing up things like like dyslexia and things like that with, hey, I can't I cannot process this uh, question and answer that fast. So you're basically discriminating against me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess I'm looking for like I'm looking for help with this, with that and with the, the visually impaired thing of like, what's the difference between that and like, say, I'm blind. Or I'm in, you know, I'm a quadriplegic. I can't get out of bed, so I can't do your your walking trails and blah blah blah. Like I'm almost asking, where does it end? And I don't mean to sound insensitive with that because I I do want the game to reach as many people as possible. But I don't know how do you help visually impaired people? Okay, you make the font really big, and then I'm fine with that. And then does somebody at some point say, oh well, you know, I still can't see it, or I want the the question read to me because I am blind. I I and <laughs> I'm all for all of those things. But I'm like, where does it? End? You're right. Like, where does it end? Where you know this offshoot of the developer's time just goes to you know catering to all these other things. And I know that that comes across terrible as I'm saying it, but I'm trying to just figure out like. How do we stem the tide of all these requests of all these things that definitely apply and are, are definitely valid, but are probably not going to get addressed, like you said? Yeah, I don't actually think it's insensitive. I, I think you bring up a good point. I think that we want to help people as much as we can, you know, but at the same time, you bring up a good point. Where does it stop and where do we draw the line? We want everybody to play. We want everybody to enjoy the game. We like the game. We want it to grow. We want it to be bigger than Pokemon Go. So we just, we also understand that we have limited development team that can work on this game. And so it's not my first priority. And that is probably the most insensitive thing that we've said. <laughs> but yeah. Which is saying something. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I think that's our last suggestion. So I guess that is it. The next time we talk, we will talk about whether or not you won and whether or not you printed those last five epics that you have. We will talk again after the month finishes and finish this recording out. Cool. I, I don't know if I should say Zach, give him the beat, but I'm going to say it anyway. Zach, give him the beat. All right. And we'll see you next time. I'm going to wait till we record the other piece and then I'll drop the beat. Probably. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. Okay, Beat, so January is officially over, and you were declared the Apex Predator, as Luigi Weaver would say. Um, you're the winner. I did it. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> All that worry for nothing. Tell us about, I guess, the last day. It was pretty amazing to get the little, uh, what, what, the little Illusion Weaver thing that says, like, you know, congratulations to the Apex Predator. Um, I screenshot that, and that I will blow that up and make that a poster. All right, there you go. The last day, you know, when you asked me that, the first thing I think of is Excalibur. Uh, when he was, uh, his month that he was winning, um, he had said, it really sucks to be first. Not, not that sucks, but like the thing that sucks about being first is that you cannot, you don't know how far away second is. Um, and right. that's exactly how it felt was, all right, I know what I did. You know, I, I, I explained what I did. And am I still good enough? Like, is somebody going to be, is somebody standing at a crane right now at, you know, two minutes before reset? So, you know, I had to dump in a couple more, uh, um, epic prints. I printed the witch and in a gingerbread. We talked, uh, on the last day of January and the scenario was you were kind of on edge because we had seen, as we mentioned previously, that lion locks had passed me on the global all time leaderboard. So, Yes. Uh, but not he was still in second monthly, so we knew that like 
you know, he was playing aggressively because you just he also passed uh, somebody else. So we knew like, OK, he's at least getting like 250 points a day or, or more. We don't know. But he was passing me. So I think that kind of raised your anxiety. And then we saw Lion Locks and Psycho 808 took over second at one point. So is that when you decided, look, I got to print the witch or what, what happened there? I had already made those moves before that stuff had happened. So I was hoping that they were just a distant second and third battling amongst each other. And I think so. I, I was knowing that the only thing I had left in my pocket was the Epic Prince, which take 20 minutes before you get the leaderboard points. So I knew that for me, 640 is actually too late. So 639 is like the last minute to print anything. And I was debating back and forth as that time was approaching. And I just decided, you know, I, I think I did what I could. Uh, you know, like I said, the day the earlier that day had already printed two epics. So I just said, you know what, I'm going to let it roll as it is. Um, Minel was nice enough to to send me a, a message uh, probably at like 645 saying Psycho just passed you. And I literally jumped up out of my 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 chair, like ready to put my shoes on to go do something to print something. I don't even know what. Um, and then funny. he said, ha ha, just kidding. That, yeah, I, I, that was my only little shock moment, but I checked really quick and no, he had not passed me. Were you going to go print something for February? You mean? I, I don't know what I was, I was going to go like, you know, I have like, I have a spot east of me that I usually don't hit, uh, that yeah. would have a couple of greens and stuff like that. So if anything, could I race down there and hit, you know, a green and, you know, a couple of blues. Cause if somebody passes me, I'm going to assume it's not by much. Well, congratulations. I, I've i never done that, so I've never gotten first. Sorry to... I did that before you. <laughs> there you go. You can put that on your uh, <laughs> your wiki page. like. And it would have been sweet, except you can also, now that we've taken a couple of days here, I get to congratulate you right back that you are the very first person to print the Yellow Dragon. So congratulations. Yeah, thanks. We'll t we can talk about that later. Okay, okay, cool. I, I thought it was cool that you streamed it too. And the second I saw that Twitch notification, I was I knew exactly what you were doing. So, yeah, like I said, congratulations on uh, placing monthly first. I've never done that, and you are a much more aggressive hunter than me, and obviously get more leaderboard points. And so ultimately, I guess you hunt more than me. You are a, a harder hunter, if you will. I look, I look up to you, Beats. <laughs> I, I don't know if the, the hard hunting thing is 100% true just because, you know, leaderboard points are, you know, it's a game of choices. So you can choose to, like, sell your resin or put it in a crane or drive your hours to do it. So I know you sold a bunch of resin that you potentially could have driven to some distant land and dumped like I did. So yeah. I don't know that somebody's a harder hunter than another just because they're higher on the leaderboards because it all depends on what you're going for. I know I bought some, but it's like under 50,000 probably. So not much. See, and I'm the exact opposite. I've bought tons of resin now. Well, maybe like maybe like half a million by now. And I've never, ever sold it. So there you go right there. Like everything yeah. in the leaderboards. That's true. But also you hit so many greens too. So that's a lot of leaderboard points too. Yeah, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to go hit some greens again. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, I don't want to keep you then. just wanted to get your last minutes, I guess, since we weren't certain if you were going to win, so we didn't want to all pre-recorded. But uh, it turns out that it, it didn't didn't matter. Nice. But anyways, 
Yeah, I feel like the we're adding this on because I was I was I guess celebrating. I was very drunk. I was very tired explaining all that stuff. So I probably rambled. So I, I'm happy to have something where I'm much more coherent. All right, let's do it.